spring snow. <laughs> yeah, well, we're having an early spring anyway. So yeah, definitely liable for snow for another month or so. All right, we are grateful. We are thankful that there's an infinite source and supply of love. That's completely part of it. We are grateful to recognize our divinity is intact. We have a clear path of awakening and we are on it. We are so, so grateful to come together and partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self and recognize the fullness of love active in our awareness. We are grateful to recognize it in each other and in everyone who comes into our field of focus. We are grateful to relinquish the blocks to love and to open up the floodgates of light and wisdom and purity and joy and freedom and beauty that are already pre-installed within our awareness. We're setting ourselves free and we are sharing the benefits with everyone. Everyone is lifted because we come together with this high and holy purpose. All of our needs are met in God and we rejoice to know it's so. We declare we are calling forth instant awakening. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Holy instant. It's happening. All right. So uh, just a reminder that uh, this time together is for our healing our transformation and the idea is to for me to answer any questions that have been coming up for you uh anything that's happening with yourself or with your clients so anything anything at all yep and uh I believe I talked, I talked about this in the in last intensive, and I, I usually make a point of it in talking about it in every intensive, but uh, I just, it's been coming up for me this week to mention it again, to, to train yourself to pay attention to the words that you're using and the phrases and the statements. I was listening to someone, something on YouTube, some expert talking about something. And in every sentence, they said, you know. Every sentence they said, you know. And I realized uh, quite a while ago that if I'm saying, you know, I'm looking for validation. Just essentially, you know, I'm looking for validation. And not that it's bad to say, but it is 
at least on a subconscious level, we are communicating to whoever we're talking with that we're saying, I'm not sure. Do you know? We're we're making some kind of a, a, a move towards that that thought, and so uh, not that I don't ever say it, but I I really have learned to watch myself. If I am saying you know you know, then it's like okay, what's happening with me? Let me look within. Am I feeling threatened? Am I feeling vulnerable? Am I feeling like I need validation? What's actually occurring? So that's one thing. Also, especially since a number of you, I've asked if you would teach one of the parenting classes, which we moved those dates. Hopefully everybody got the memo on that. And um, so when you're teaching, watching for, you knows, likes, sort ofs, kind ofs, all those things that make you sound as though you're unsure and don't really have authority over what the material that you're sharing. You feel insecure about it. Does anybody else have, and we could go on and on about this because I actually have made my own little personal study of it because I speak constantly. So what have you noticed, including anything you could say that I do that maybe I'm not aware of? Does anybody have any other thoughts, things that come up for you in counseling? Yeah, Linda. I've noticed um, when I would say things like that, of course, mine is um, but really, and like, and, you know, all of those I have used, and I would just kind of brush it off as I'm nervous and give myself a pass. Mm -hmm. But as I'm taking more responsibility for my words and my sense of worthiness, um, there's um stepping into the fullness of what I was meant to be I'm noticing that it's having effect on so many other areas of my life too like my counseling clients seem to be at a higher vibration where they're willing to Um, show up, show up on time, show up ready to do the work, actually do the work where I'm noticing uh, my own insights, miracles, inspiration coming more clearly. So it feels like it has an effect on so many different areas. So I'm grateful that you teach us that. And that I'm stepping into that. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love to hear that. Becoming, it's about becoming more conscious, more aware of how we're communicating, because we're always communicating. One of the things that I shared in the last intensive was because we were all on Zoom, I did a whole thing about on teaching on zoom counseling on zoom 
And um, maybe we could actually excerpt that. Uh, wouldn't be that hard to do. Uh, probably was no more than an hour. Uh, and get make sure all the counselors get it. Because, uh, I mean, I would not like to do a counseling session with someone who was talking to me like this. I would not like that at all. I actually, if I hired somebody to do a counseling session for me and they were talking to me like this, I would say I'm not comfortable. I I can't do this. Can we reschedule? Because I feel like you're looking down on me and you are. (laughs) You are. You physically, literally are looking down on me. And I guess it's okay if that's how you want to show up in a class or a conversation with your friend or your sister or something like that. But if you're the teacher and the leader and the the consultant, you're, you're, you're looking either straight on or just slightly up, just slightly because it is more flattering to have the camera be slightly up. So right now, the camera, I would say, is just about this much above my actual eye level. And um, I, I, had, I sent out an email last year, about a year ago, I think, that had all these pieces of equipment that you can get at Amazon and the links to do that. I can send that again to people if they would like it. Um, And I I don't wish anybody to get into uh, anxiety about it, but these are just things that um, I think a lot of people don't think about, but they're still affected by it, even if they don't think about it. I get so many comments about my background and how much people like it. And, um, uh, and it's, it's worth putting a little bit of thought and effort into it. It really is. If you're going to do a lot on zoom. Yeah. And uh, I did read an article online once that said, if you're going to be in a professional setting, just put your, make, make a nice setting for yourself. Don't use the virtual backgrounds and don't ignore your background. Go the extra mile and make it. Now, one thing that I do see uh, a lot on, because I watch, I watch a lot of things on YouTube. I watch Little, if I, I can isolate a news story that I'm interested in and just watch a five minute segment. And so over the last year, obviously, we've all seen everybody's doing stuff from their home. So all the people that normally would be interviewed in a nicer setting or uh, go into the studios, they're at home in the makeshifted things and we're all used to now watching a senator tell you something from their kitchen you know (laughs) because the rest of the house the family's there or whatever that's the best they can do that day they got the kitchen the kitchen's clean you know and so and and that's that's one thing you know and and in a sense it's kind of endearing to see that that these these people who are um uh 
so busy and so have so much responsibility that they're they're doing the best they can like the rest of us. But one of the things I see a lot of people do is they sit in front of a bookshelf and I don't really see anybody like Sarah's got a bookshelf there, but she doesn't have books on it. So I don't see anybody here with the bookshelves behind. I think the bookshelves, it's too much data and it's too distracting because I, I notice my mind goes to what are they reading? What do they feel is important for them to they are reading or have read or might read or care about and so I find that distracting to see all those titles but I also find that distracting in life and so um I I when I lived in LA and I had my books uh, out they were all behind doors all my books were behind doors on shelves because I find all that information distracting and they're, they're, the spines of books are not made to be decorative objects, essentially. They're, they're informational. So why use them as decoration? So that's my decorative philosophy. Anyway, um, so making sure you have good lighting. Like um, somebody who's really pale has to be careful they're not washed out. And somebody who's really dark-skinned like Arba has to make sure there's enough light that people can actually really see the details in their face. So we all have different lighting stuff going on. And, uh, and we do have to learn a little bit about lighting. Yeah. So these are the times, but we also, we don't have to wear pants or skirts and pantyhose. Yay for that. So good for that. And uh, we don't have to get in the car and go anywhere. And yay for that. Because one thing I know about a majority of spiritual students is we don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> we just want to stay home, go for a walk, uh, do something fun. But we don't want to commute. And so it's it's nice to be able to work from home. Okay. Anybody else have anything to add to this in terms of words or anything that they've discovered Uh Lately. I would just add one more thing that the becoming aware of my words and practicing being more intentional with my words has also allowed me to feel a little more comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. Ah. So that was something that I noticed recently within the last couple of months. Say more about that. That's beautiful. Well, I had an, um, an incident where I was sharing as a participant in a group and I was emotional while I was sharing And I was like taking a breath. I don't know really, honestly, if I was complete with my thought or not. I just know that I was taking a breath. Um, And I guess the person that I was speaking with, one of the persons I was speaking with in the group felt like enough time had passed and started to share their experience, like what they would do in my shoes. And Um, I kind of shut down after that because I didn't, I wasn't expecting that from, um, 
someone who's seasoned uh, at leading a group. And um, that person did reach out to me later via text and, you know, saying they were sorry if their share didn't feel helpful. And I was able to express to them that it's not that it didn't feel helpful, but it felt like it was shutting me down. Like it was someone handing you a tissue when you're crying to make you stop crying because they're uncomfortable because you're crying is how it felt to me. And I was able to express that to this person without getting real emotional about it. And with, I feel enough love and compassion that this person didn't feel attacked and could feel that I still loved them deeply and that I was just expressing my feelings. And I don't know in the, in the past, I probably would have just, when I got her text, I probably would have just said, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it and let it go. That's wonderful. Yeah. Because this is how we can have authentic, helpful relationships without judgment. Yes. I know you. I know you were just trying to be helpful. And here's how that landed. Yes. It felt like criticism. Felt like I didn't do it right. And you needed to let me know. Yeah. Yeah. I I so often go back to this video. I've mentioned it here and there. Craig Ferguson, the comedian, he he went through uh, a lot of intensity in his personal life because he was a, a raging alcoholic who is now sober. And he said in therapy, he learned three helpful things to ask himself. Does this need to be said? Does this need to be said by me? And does this need to be said now? I think that that is such a great guideline for us in all of our relationships. So just keep asking those questions. And one of the, the consistent shifts that I'm making in my personal life is really again and again saying, okay, I might've done that differently, but do I need to tell anybody that? No, I don't think I do, you know, or uh, I'm curious about, you know, their, how's it going with their alcoholic mother or whatever, But do I, am I just, is that ego curiosity? Do I need to ask that question or am I just ego curious? And so, and that's one of the things with clients too, because I find that clients, especially if I I haven't seen somebody in a year or two and I can say, so how's it going with your son? They're like, wow, you remember that. That's kind of cool. I like that. You're paying attention to me. and, but uh, in, in another situation, it wouldn't be appropriate for me. I don't need to say that. Even to somebody like in the neighborhood, they might be 
you know, some people would take it as, oh, she really cares, but I have to check my motivation. That's what it's about. It's not about the words that we say, but what is our motivation in the moment? So that's why does it need to be said? Does it be, need to be said by me? Does it need to be said right now? I check my motivation all the time. And so, um, yeah. And I do that a lot in classes. And you'll notice occasionally somebody will say something like, well, aren't you going to address that? And I'll be like, not at this time. Yeah, I think we can just know that, you know, whatever. And so um, that's a really good example, Linda, of a teacher saying something that maybe doesn't need to be said in that moment. Lori. I'm going to piggyback on that too. Um, And it's funny. (laughs) Um, It's, I've been working this week on being in alignment with my words. (laughs) So what that means is I've, I am realizing that if I, write a response to someone. I have to make sure that I'm in energetic alignment with what I'm saying. In other words, am I aspiring that I'd like to say that, but really not feeling that when I send it? And so I've really been working with that this week in when I, when I do a written response, looking at it and going, Okay, am I feeling that or it is, do I just want to sound good? And I've, you know, I've backed up a couple of times this week and done some writing around that before I sent it to clear the, you know, to clear any energy I might have had if I even feel like it's slightly sticky. But what I've been noticing this week is how freaking telepathic people really are. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's humbling and it's, it's taking me to my next level. And I'm grateful for that. Every day. Every Every day. Experience that. Every day. Every day. It does. It sharpens us and sharpens us and sharpens us. Give me one second. I just want to run to the other room, get a Kleenex. So talk amongst yourselves. Araba, that was a beautiful talk on Sunday. Thank you for sharing your story. I just wanted to say that to you. Thank you, Lori. Appreciate that. As we were talking about showing up in Zoom, one of the things that I find challenging is still learn knowing where to look. Um, so that's something versus on, on camera. And where your camera is set up versus being in person and really having that eye contact and really being able to see your audience and participants. So I'm learning too, but thank you. And thank you for being there. I appreciate it. The love and support. I felt really supported. That was so beautiful. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's such an important point that people will perceive it even if we can seem to hide it. That's why looking at our motivations, our intentions. And it's totally normal uh, that uh, counselors especially would say, well, Jennifer, if somebody brings you this, what would you say? And my standard is I get, I don't know, because in that moment, I would tune in and see what spirit is giving me. And it will be different with different people. It's not the situation. Because you could have 10 people in almost identical situations that you would respond to them very differently because they're unique individuals having a unique individual experience. So this is one of the things we do as we gain more confidence in following our intuition. We aren't in a place where, oh, this is the standard operating procedure or the standard operating reply or response to this person in this, you know, a person in that situation that it, 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 we learn to rely on spirit. Uh, and and that, that takes pra- practice until we develop a level of comfortability with it. So uh, if our motivation is to look good or not look stupid, uh, to look like we know what we're doing, then that's a different motivation to, than to be truly helpful. You know, and this, these are all the things I learned from my own errors and my own experiences of missing the mark and learning through uh, feeling like ah, I didn't do so well then. So I've really come to rely upon spirit. It, it just makes it so much easier. I don't have to be brilliant because spirit is always brilliant. I just have to show up. It makes it so much easier. And, you know, I'll tell you, um, one thing we can do too that um, is to bring things to higher ground So, for instance, I recently had an interaction with somebody where I I sent them an email about something and they were offended because of their perspective. I, I meant no offense. I had no intention around that at all. I was just giving them information and making a request. Um, And the the answer, the reply I got was just the word really. But I knew that the reply was, I could feel energetically that the reply was like, really, question mark, are you kidding me? You know, are you effing kidding me? Something like that. So I took that in, processed it, what's going on with this person? How are they feeling? And then I decided to reply to them as though they had responded, I don't understand. Can you tell me a little more? And so then 
because and there was a third person involved and I just said well this third person is going through a difficult time and so that's why they they are making these choices and these decisions because I my 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 motivation was to bring the person that I thought was having a sarcastic reaction because they felt threatened and so they were attacking subtly well not so subtly I could feel it was it was definitely a defensive attack kind of a thing to just bring them back into their heart by saying oh this other person is having a hard time and they feel threatened and that's why they're making this request and then when the person heard that then they were like oh I I get it I understand and their defensiveness went away so um That's a really great skill that we can bring to counseling and to our whole life. And so sometimes when people are aggressively attacking us or making us wrong or bad, we can really learn to take that breath. And even in a counseling session, when someone is attacking someone else, and you probably can remember me saying in the intensive where having a client who's really upset at somebody really important to them and they're seeing the situation in from their skewed perspective of maybe they care about me maybe they don't really love me and that is deeply upsetting to me so i'm angry at them for not treating me well but really underneath that anger is that hurt the fear that maybe they're not really, they don't really love me. And then other than that, the hurt, um, maybe I'm not really lovable. So it's all surface anger. And when I ask the person to place their hand on their heart, close their eyes, and I say, let's together, let's just see what's really going on with that person. Let's see if we can feel, let's just ask spirit, what's really going on here? Why are they ignoring Pete? You know, why are they treating Pete this way what's really going on here the person almost immediately in in invariably will get oh wow there that person is wounded that person is struggling and so that's like there's so many ways that we can <clears throat> help people move out of defensive postures, aggressive postures, know-it-all postures, you know, like Linda's teachers, uh, uh, like why uh, why is that person in a know-it-all moment instead of a love-it-all moment, right? So um, when we just take that pause to tune in, then we really can be that place of being truly helpful and having no worries and concerns because the one who sent us is guiding us it's and it's 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 so profound how much more peaceful our life becomes because now we're experiencing on a daily basis that we are profoundly supported in the invisible and that's what we can share with our clients that's why in class i don't ever have a problem no matter where whether I'm speaking or anywhere and even if I'm speaking to a really you know a larger crowd of hundreds of people taking a moment and say I'm just going to take a moment here 
I, I do that sometimes intentionally, even though I don't personally need a moment. But just to teach everybody, look, I'm a human. I'm having a human experience of connecting with the divine right in front of you. That this talk, where are my cards? Where are my notes? Where's my PowerPoint? I don't have any of that. I'm just talking with you and talking with God. And we're all talking with the one. So uh, I, I, there's always that opportunity too, to, to just be so authentic in the moment. It's, it's uplifting to everybody, I think. All right. What, who's got something that they'd like to get discussed today? Besides Sean in her hair. <laughs> Sean got a haircut. <laughs> it was a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm it was a, almost I'm, out, of, out of the Zoom range. that's beautiful i love that i i it looks great looks great yeah yeah i've got to get a haircut soon it's been about six months here so three five and a half arba thank you Um, As I've been doing one-on-ones with counselors, what I'm noticing is that a lot of people are not reading their evaluations from their clients, and there have been a variety of reasons, but I thought I would bring that up here and we might have a discussion about the benefits of doing that and why a counselor would would do that how it can help you in your counseling. Thank you. And what would you say about it from your own experience? Well, what I have found to be really helpful in the evaluations is um, seeing what, how the difference between how I felt about the session versus the client and seeing sort of a difference in perception about what was right, what was wrong, what could be helpful. I haven't had any evaluations that have felt like they've told me a lot of new things, new materials like to be helpful. But a lot of it has been, as I said, to, to see, oh, what you think has happened versus the value that a client has gotten. One of the concerns that I heard about looking at evaluations is this idea about ego coming into play when you get flattering evaluations. Um, so hmm. address that. Yeah, I'd like to hear what other people have to say because I actually have not had many evaluations of my session. To institute, yeah. Anybody else have insights from their evaluations? Yeah, I can share that um, 
I felt reading my evaluations not only helped me become a better counselor, but helped in, in my healing because whether I was feeling like my ego was being stroked or there was something that pushed a button, I had an opportunity to do my own work around it. And so I could show up um, healthier for the next client and, um, and for myself. Yeah, I guess that's what I would say about it. I just, I feel like reading them is part of the learning. Yeah, it is. It is. And what what would be a reason that people would not do that? Resistance, not wanting to look within. Yeah, fear. Yeah. And it, and it is the kind of fear that seems normal and, uh, and we overcome it. I, I can tell you because I've read hundreds of evaluations of, of counselors over the last few years. Um, it's rare that there's anything critical. It's rare. And there's going to be some critical stuff. want to can you see i don't know if you can see the snow out there can you see that maybe not so much i think i need to clean off my lens i have a lens cleaner um yeah anything else to add to that topic Um, I just would like to ask a question, Jennifer. I don't know where to read or to find the evaluation of the of clients. Where can I read that? I think Arba can send you an email. Okay. Yeah. And maybe um, we may to, need to make a little video for people who might not be familiar with Google Sheets. Okay. Google Docs and Google Forms and all that stuff. John? We went over it in a community call. I'm not sure if it was the last one, maybe two ago. I brought up okay. Can we excerpt that then as a, a as a teaching video? Would that be possible? I, I, I think we can. I think it might have been like an older page, but it might. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Okay. Yeah, or just, yeah, it's so easy on Zoom to make a little teaching video, just scare, share the screen, but a boom, but a boom, and then. Yeah, but it is in the, the spiritual counseling page. If you go down to the bottom, I don't know, you probably know where it is, Arba, but there's, a, it, it shows resources. If you go into resources, it'll, it, it has a video there from Angela. Oh, okay, great. I'll see if I can find it and put it in the chat while we're talking. Great. So uh, on the member site. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for showing me. Showing yeah. Me. Uh, yeah. I, I have, I would like to share something. It's not about uh, uh, the words or anything. Uh, 
I have some, uh, I don't know if I can call it a resistance or an issue, but once I was with a client and uh, she was talking very fast in English. Mm. I couldn't understand everything she was saying. So it was difficult for me to just do my session of counseling as a counselor. And uh, then I, uh, I feel shy to do that again. And at this moment, I am only having counselor session with Elena because we are in the same time zone. And uh, I don't know if I can tell people could you speak slowly? But uh, they said yes, but they forget. They, they forget. <laughs> and I, I don't want to tell them again, wow, I couldn't really understand everything you said. I just could catch one or two things. And I think that uh, I cannot give a good, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to, yeah, that's totally understandable. I've definitely had clients who were difficult to understand for me sometimes. And for me, it's more important to understand them than to have this perception that I have a, a better ability to, to hear than I do. So I don't mind is saying to someone, um, I'm, I, I, I do need you to speak more slowly because I am having, it's so important for me to understand what you're saying and to really be able to support you. Oh, yeah. Even yeah. if I have to repeat that. Yeah. And and then once you say it once like that, then you can say, can you say that again more slowly? Oh, yes. Yeah, Lori. And it, it, know that it'll be helpful to them to do that. Okay. Thank you, Jennifer. You know, Fonza, what helped me remember to speak more slowly when I'm speaking with you? You once shared with us that you know four different languages or you... And you, you said that to us and you said you, sh- you told us where English was in that lineup. And when you said that, it put it in my memory to speak slowly. Whereas if you would just tell me to speak slowly, I might not remember that as much. So I just had that thought as you were sharing that. That's grateful. I mean, great. That's really good. I'm grateful. Yeah. And and I would say too, Fonza, I have an understanding that your of your level of comprehension. So when I'm speaking with you, I do speak more slowly, especially if it's just the two of us. Um, and it's great that you're working with Elena because Elena speaks very quickly. <laughs> She is someone I sometimes have to ask her to say it again because she speaks so fast. 
Yeah, I, she speaks fast, but she speaks French. Yes. There, there is no problem. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, and, and what Laurie is saying is, is always helpful to explain why we're making a request, why. So for me, I gave the reason that it's so important for me to understand what you're saying. Uh, and you can add in the part about language. I think that would be really helpful too. Uh, and that combination. Okay. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Yeah, because it's it's like uh, I've got someone in my life who will turn away from me and then say things with their back to me, and they're a mumbler. So they've got the combination of they're not, I can't see them, they're turned away from me, and they'll often turn, I've got my back to them, and they'll, you know, and I'm walking away, and they're walking away, and then they're saying something, and then I turn back and I say, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear what you said. And then they're still mumbling as they walk away. And so in that case, I'm just like, whatever you said, I don't need to know, I guess. If you needed me to know, you would have said it to me, to my face or something. So, yeah. But in a counseling situation, we need to understand what people are saying. Yeah, we, we have to speak up about it. So that's good. That will get you to be less timid. That's a good thing. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Very helpful. Thank you very much. Yeah. And if it's coming from your heart, you love them, you'd like, they, they're going through all this effort to speak with you. You're going through all this effort to hear them. It's important that you hear. Now, the other thing is, is in your account, can you turn on the live transcript? Now, I don't know what you're, huh? I don't know how. I, I don't know how to, oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, I understand. So, th so then what? Then what happens I, when you don't know how? Uh, uh, to, to see the script. To, right. To, so you don't know how to do it. So now what? Just to ask them to speak slowly. No, you learn how to turn it on. Oh, to learn how to turn it on. Okay. Yeah. And I am now turning on the live transcript because it's yeah. no extra charge for me on my account with everything I'm doing. And then the, the client can have that too. I was looking at the different Zoom accounts, and I think it's only one le level of account that offers the live transcripts, because I was thinking of shifting my mind to the next level because it had live transcripts. Do you, can you tell us anything more about that? Because I don't know those details. There, it's, there are different levels of Zoom, and it's the one that's called the professional one that has the live transcripts. That's what I remember from looking the other day. Um, I feel like it's the third one over to the right, and I was on the second one to the right. I'm the one above the free, but before the one that offers the live transcripts. 
do you know what the cost is or anything? I'm just going to see. It was decent. It was like they they were having a special. It was one forty nine a year for mine, but then it was one ninety nine a year for the live transcripts. So that's why I was thinking of shifting over to it. Yeah, it depends. So I see here. This has transcripts. One ninety nine. That's the one for a year. Um, yeah. And to me also, uh, you know, depending on your usage of Zoom, you, you may or may not wish to spend the money, maybe share an account with somebody else, um, something like that. Wow, those are some big flakes. The size of a nickel. Um, it's coming down thicker and thicker. Um, but can you see the transcript now, Fonzo? Yes. Yeah. Is it helpful to you? Yes. Very helpful. Yeah. So $200 a year. It's like what, it's under $30 a month. If it's going to be super helpful to you, it might be a good thing. But again, if you're doing five sessions a month, you could totally share an account with somebody else. Probably. Yeah. Things to think about. Yeah, I think about that. I also, um, one of the things I would like to see us do in our community. It just feels like it makes sense to us empowering our clients to have the recordings on their own computer or their own device. So what that entails is you have to make the other person a co-host because anyone who's a co-host, like if I uh, do that, now, like uh, if I, Linda, if I make you uh, co-host, um, I wonder, can you make anybody else a co-host or do you have to be host to make them a co-host? I'm going to make, oh, Kevin's here. It looks like I have to be host to make somebody else a co-host. Okay, so I'm just making people co-host. Um, so like Sarah, I just made you co-host and Fonza, now I'll make you a co-host. Can you make a record? Can you record now? You should be able to. That's how you do it. You make your client a co-host and then they can um, they can um, make their own recording and save it to their computer. I was going to say, Jennifer, on my account, I can't make someone a co-host hmm. and only make them a host. So I think it's, a, again, a certain level of account. Right. Oh, that's interesting. 
Yeah, but as soon as we end the the meeting, obviously they would no longer be host of our account. But yeah, uh, in the the first level paid account, we would have to make them a host in order for them to make the recording. So the first level paid account is the 149? Yes. Huh. I'm glad this is coming up because it's that reminder that I do definitely want to switch <laughs> to the next level because it has some things that would be helpful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see at the 199, we could do something which we're not currently doing, which is the company branding. I don't know what managed domains is, but I think these are all things we can explore and then share with you. But um, for the the non the 149, for those of you who are interested in doing things, which some of you are, you can do uh, streaming on Facebook and things like that. But if you if you train your clients to record their sessions on their computer, one of the great things about the Zoom software is it automatically puts everything into a Zoom folder that's labeled with the meeting title. So if you put that client's uh, like, and, and this actually, this is an important thing with your files. Uh, one of the things that I learned as a uh, 20-something-year-old in business is that, because that was when people started using PCs back when I was in my 20s, in the mid-80s, and um, people would often, uh, people would often see uh, they would name a file. Like if I were going to send you my invoice, I would send you my invoice. And let's say the name of your company is Peace Productions. I would call my invoice Peace Productions invoice and then send it to Peace Productions. And then the people at Peace Productions are like, you're not helping me. If everybody sends us an invoice entitled Peace Productions Invoice, how do we tell them apart? So I learned right away, first thing, my last name, Hadley Invoice, date. Think that labeling the title of the file, uh, because they're going to be getting, of course, the invoices you're going to send to them are going to be for peace productions. They are peace productions. So maybe you want to label it that way on your computer, but you have to send it to them in a way that makes sense. So likewise, when you set up the name of the meeting, don't set it up with Nancy Collins session because then nancy can't tell them apart doesn't know what it is but if uh, if you set it up as you know um collins hadley counseling session and the date as the name of the event uh then it will be in both you know it'll be in your records and their records as this is the name of the file and then you can tell your client, uh, or, or you can save it to the cloud. You know, you can do that as well. And then you can tell them, you know, I'm going to delete it from the cloud. So make sure you have your own recording. But if they can just record it while they're in the session with you, that just creates, uh, or it doesn't generate as much back and forth. 
So, um, and then they've got it. It's their responsibility. Yeah. And I do think it's really worthwhile to say to clients. Thank you. So it, it, one of the things that you can do is uh, if the client has the recording and access to the recording, uh, then you can uh, recommend to them that they listen to it before they have the next session. I've definitely done that with clients because in the session, sometimes I felt like people weren't really listening, but um, if they listen again later, they might feel more relaxed and actually hear what they are saying, what they are saying, because many times people can't hear you because they don't hear what they are saying and you are responding to them and they're they're listening you know like the what they're saying is i'm in pain it's so difficult i'm it's so hard for me and what but the words that they're saying are um I'm just trying to find a situation that I can, you know, move this into a, a place where I can compartmentalize it and I don't have to think about it anymore. But their heart is going, <laughs> help me. I'm not thinking of this correctly. But when they listen to their own voice and your responses, then they they can oftentimes hear it more clearly. Um, yeah particularly by the questions you're asking, because many times the question we'll ask as a spiritual counselor does not actually address what they just said. Because what they're saying with their words is not what they're saying with their heart. And we're addressing their heart. Right? So uh, encouraging them to really make use of those recordings is it's a great tool for them it's empowering to them too and and if you approach it this way you're going to get more out of this session if you re-listen to the last session before we have this session and almost everybody has the ability to do that multitasking while they're driving in the car taking a walk or folding the laundry or something so helpful helpful hints um I know it's our time, but does anybody else have any other uh, really helpful things, helpful technical or logistical things that they've learned? All right. Well, we're interested. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing I'll mention is I'm, I'm prepping to start promoting the depression demolition program that I'm going to offer. And it's going to be, um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a real interesting program. And uh, I, I, after the 90 days of the program is done. I would like to see if we could have a support group for people who struggle with depression. Uh, and I have not, uh, I've not really struggled with depression. And so I'm looking for somebody who would like to do that 
who is a spiritual counselor, who could then have clients from that. Um, and it may be a couple of people. It's always good to have a couple of facilitators anyway. So um, I, I just invite you, if you're interested in that, can you write to me and let me know that you're interested in that? And just a, a, it could be a monthly support be support group uh and uh and and i i also am looking for uh spiritual counselors who specifically have expertise from their own experience of working with depression who would like to take on counseling clients during this program there's going to be a lot going on in the program because i'm going to do the kirtan kriya with them every day every day we're going to do it morning and evening so for those who would like to do that so i'm looking for people who might like to get support um i'm I'm gonna you know encourage people to work with counselors if they'd like to during and after so if you're interested in that please let me know but I really would like it to be people who have had personal experience. Yeah. I think you already know, but just so those that might be listening to the recording later know, I am interested. I've dealt with depression and uh, I'm interested in both counseling people that have depression or have had depression and possibly helping to facilitate the support group as well. Great. Because I'm going to build that into the member site. You know, your the people's bios, the counselor's bios of those who are interested in that into the member site. So people see that. Yeah. But I don't think the support group will need to start till the program is done. So. Yeah. And it's the counseling opportunity for certified counselors or for all counselors? Yes, it's, it's for all counselors. Okay. Okay. This program is a $2,800 program because it's going to require so much of my attention. And so um, I, I would imagine that most people who are going to be in it, uh, money is not, not going to be the issue. They're not going to be trying to save money with a non-certified counselor, but I'm just as happy to put uh, certified and not certified. Uh, my, the real requirement is that you have an experience with uh, your own exp- experience of working with depression. When is the class going to be, Jennifer? It's going to start uh, May 16th, I think, is the first. Yeah, it's going to start on May 16th. It'll be how and how long is the program? Did you say? I'm sorry. It's about ninety weeks. Ninety weeks. Ninety. I'm uh, ninety weeks. Nine weeks. <laughs> nine weeks. Ninety days ish. Yeah. I think Sean's eyes just rolled in the back of her head when you said that. <laughs> what the ninety weeks? Yeah. Can I say something on a side note? Yeah. Would that be okay? I'm just going to pause the recording because it has nothing to do with any of this. Start the recording again. Okay.
All right. So sorry for any technical difficulties and the, the audio breaking up. Um, just reading the memo things in the chat here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's pray. Always great to be with you. Really, really, truly it is. Yeah. So grateful, so thankful for the love, the joy, the peace, the harmony, the freedom, the wisdom, the clarity, this field of love in which we live and move and have our being. How wonderful it is that that higher Holy Spirit self is guiding us. We're allowing it. So grateful to, and thankful to know that the insights that we desire are finding us. So grateful to know that we are naturally magnetically attracting the clients that we can best be helpful to. So grateful that there is an organized and divine plan for all of us. And we're allowing it to be revealed and to unfold in the most helpful and beautiful ways. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Love you all. Bye for now. Bye-bye.